0: The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
3: At Dennis Dodd, CBS. Dennis, how's it hanging? Gabe, I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. So, uh, before we actually get into it, I I, I I hear vacation is you're on the precipice of vacation. Uh, we are. Yeah. <laughs> what what are the plans there? Uh, a cruise. Okay. Rock on. Uh, uh, yeah. Caribbean, yeah. overseas. Where where are we headed?
1: Uh, Europe. Just uh, kind of an 11-day deal. Yeah, it's a, it's exciting. Rock on.
3: Rock on. Uh, yeah. Hopefully no uh, realignment news drops while you're gone. I, I don't think we'll expect uh, that well, in a week.
1: It won't include me if it does.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I get you. I get you. Now, um, I, I, have to, I have to go off the top about the the Memphis sort of report. It was from College AD. It uh, looks like Laird Vici AD has confirmed that they were on campus. But Big 12 officials – Came to campus here at the University of Memphis, and what are your thoughts there? I I am of the thought, and obviously I played at Memphis, so I'm a little biased when it comes to it. I think they are built for it. I think they could be a Power 5 program, but at the same time, it feels like it would have happened already um, if if it was going to happen.
1: I'm going to tell you this, because I check all these out. Right. What was reported didn't happen really uh yeah at all really and i i'll uh, I'll leave it at that at all at no all. big there twelve was, officials even near the no, university there was no delegation, there was no Brett Yormark. that didn't happen where so, so where yeah. was it where did it where did it come from I, I i don't know uh i i I wouldn't give it oxygen um okay because if it had happened I'd, I would have written it or confirmed it or something but understood uh gotcha. No, it's. I, I think in the past there may have been a want yep. on the part of Memphis, but this this particular thing did not happen. That is to interesting, 40. man. That is yeah.
3: that is wild. That is yeah. wild to even think about now. I, with Memphis, what do you what do you think about them in general? Though I know obviously if it did not happen, there's probably no air to be given to it. But why, what do you think has has held them out
1: in these conversations for so long? You know, I I don't know. It was uh, I. I'm trying to think back to 16 when the big 12 was expanding. I think they were considered then, but there was nothing to be said about that because the big 12 didn't consider. So it wasn't like they were left out. They, right. they decided not to do anything. Mm-hmm. This, this started with uh, you know, a desire to get those four corner schools in the Pac 12. I think now is maybe down to getting Colorado and X. And maybe if, uh, if Arizona, is convinced to come but that's where it is right now and i i, I still think look i'm not disparaging the pac 12 I, I think there'll be a pac 12 there could be a pac 12 with, with the existing 10 teams it's just so much uncertainty right now
3: yep um when it comes to those pac 12 four corner schools i feel like we're hearing a lot more smoke about colorado and arizona over arizona state and uh utah but but what do you think the likelihood is that those schools end
1: up in the big 12 I don't know because you keep hearing that okay end of the month end of the month end of the month been hearing that for 12 months right right and um you know it's got to happen at some point that either the Pac12 has a deal that is satisfactory for the 10 or it doesn't and I I've talked to people in the industry they don't know I'll say this the Pac12 is telling people inside and outside, that they have a uh, substantial enough deal, in other words, close or surpassing the Big 12 to, to do a deal with streaming linear. Right. Don't know, who the, don't know who the partners are, and these are people who would know. I'll put it to you this way. If something is, was imminent, don't you think like, Sports Business Journal would have broken <laughs> this story? I mean, yes. you're taking nothing away from myself or Brett McMurphy or anybody else, don't you think somebody would be talking? Yep. So I think it's beyond not talking. I don't know if the Pac-12 presidents know. I think they know something, but they don't know enough to, you know, put the names out there of the rights holders.
3: Yeah. And, and then so, you, yeah. You, you hear ADs. Rick George from Colorado seems obviously non-committal to the Pac-12, but it almost felt like if you read through some of his comments lately about, you know, we're members of the Pac-12 till we're not, it feels like he he thinks something's imminent.
1: Well, I thought the biggest part of my story, was it last week or the week before? I think it was last week. Um, I can't remember now. It just runs together. that I, I, I merely reported that there had been substantive talks between the, the Big 12 and Colorado. Mm-hmm. I called everybody for comment. I thought the biggest part of that story was, number one, Deion's on board. Right. Dion, Dion wants to get into Texas and Florida, so who do you think's driving it? And everybody, including Dion, did not comment except Rick George. Mm-hmm. He commented. He, he responded to my request for a comment. Now, what he said was what you just said. You know, we're, we're loyal members of the Pac-12. We've got to look out what's best for us. I think that hammered home that point, Yep. that they're doing their due diligence. And I'm not saying they're leaving. I am saying they're doing their due diligence on joining the Big 12.
3: Uh, um, at the top of the Pac-12, how concerned sh- I mean, they should be concerned about everything right now. Uh, George Klievkoff has a lot of – he has some work on his hands. But how concerned should they be about – not necessarily an imminent move, but a move here in maybe the next five years of Oregon, Washington, potentially the Big Ten. I know there was some, some wheels spinning on that as well.
1: Well, that's the thing, isn't it? If you're going to do a deal, you've got to get a grant of rights signed yep. from the signatories. If you're Oregon and Washington, why would you? Yep. Um, because uh, the, the Big Ten's not interested in them right now. I've already written this, that I think in, uh, in you know two years, when Tony Petiti gets his feet on the ground, the new commissioner of the Big Ten, mm-hmm. when the presidents realize that the stress and mental health issues that at least the, the, uh, the uh, minor sports athletes are going to go through at USC and UCLA, as well as the existing Big Ten members, then they kind of get it in their heads like, yeah, maybe we should have a Western flank, Mm-hmm. And have have travel partners. I think that's how this would go. But that's a that's a projection. Um yep. Yep. But again, that, it goes to my point. Why would they sign a grand enterprise?
3: Yep. No question. I, I completely with, with nothing on the table. But I feel like the reporting on specific TV partners has been so all over the place, Dennis. Like I, there was one about Ion and CW and full streaming. Yep. I and it feels like ESPN is definitely not in there as a primary partner with the Pac-12. I, I feel like it ends somewhere, and the uh, deal will likely get done, but who, who will it get done with? Like, what is actually on the table for the Pac-12, from, yeah, from I, what I you're hearing?
1: Know. I don't know. I just checked before we came on the air. I keep checking with people, people of substance that know. I don't know. <laughs> so they don't know. And how, do how do the Pac-12, Pac-12 presidents know? Right. These are industry sources who, some of them, are doing the deals. Yep. And they don't know. And they're not involved, so I guess my question back to into the ether is, what are the Pac-12 presidents being told?
3: Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I don't no way of knowing because they're not going to speak out on it. And yeah. if if this is really going where where it feels like we're heading, um, what what becomes of the Pac-12, honestly?
1: Oh, I think there'll be a PAC 12. Okay. I, 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 think there'll be a PAC 12 that retains that logo. I don't know how many members, you know, uh, there is a soft deadline, uh, for that. I should mention that, you know, San Diego state, their buyout in the mountain West goes from 18 to 36 million on June 30th. They've said publicly that if that happens, they're out, they can't afford the buyout. Yeah. So you would think if the PAC 12 wants them and, you know, very frankly, needs them to fill out its roster. Then it, ha- it it's coming up to you know what cut in time. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I mean that's that's where I think it is right now. Now, wh- I'm sorry, what was your question? I'm not, I'm,
3: it was it was there. basically it was about it was about uh, actual TV partners or what what's going oh, to happen oh, if, they, yeah. if they if they no, if they can't I, find a TV yeah. partner, what actually becomes of the Pac-12? Is this an yeah, SMU, San Diego they, State yeah. potentially jumping in there?
1: Yes. Uh I don't think it'll dissolve because of what I just mentioned. There's no place for Oregon and Washington to go. Right. Um, so I think they'd have to stay and I guess I'm answering my own question. They <laughs> would some sort sign some sort of grant of rights that gave them an out. It's never mm-hmm. been done before, never been attempted before, but we'll see. I don't know. But I, I I do think West Coast football is too valuable. It's just in a bad, bad situation because they got jumped in line by the big 12. Mm-hmm. Um, ESPN's having massive layoffs. Yep. It's a bad economy. There aren't any windows for them to play except the fourth window in terms of really maximizing their value. So mm-hmm. you've got all that, um, and more, uh, the, the, the worth of the league has been stripped because I don't, I don't have to tell you Eastern powers have come through there like never before. Um, and gotten the Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Najee Harris, in not too long ago, all would have been at Pac-12 schools. I wouldn't even have been in a question. Yep. Uh, UCLA, Washington, but now that's that's not the case, and so that's diminished the value mm-hmm. of the league, and it's shown on the field. They haven't been in the playoffs since what, 15 or 16. Yep. Very true.
3: Talking with Dennis Dodd at Dennis Dodd, CBS National College Football Writer for CBS Sports. Um, I, I just want to get back and just sort of confirm and, and uh, see how you went about checking out uh, the Memphis situation. Obviously, being reported that Big Twelve officials came here, but you said it did not happen. How? It, 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 who? Who did you? Obviously, you can't give up full sources, but how did you go about finding the information to uh, sort of
1: confirm well, I, that I it just, did not happen? I will just tell you my reporting uh, has determined the debt did not happen. Okay. And so I will, I will not be writing on it. Okay, um, um uh, so I'll just leave it at that. Just wanted to confirm
3: that now, um, four corner schools, of the big 12, who else, who else is really in the conversation? You bring up UConn and Gonzaga as basketball powers, if you will, Gonzaga may be a little less uh, likely for the presidents to approve in the yeah. big 12, but are, are those the other two that, that they're looking at pretty heavily?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think UConn's a heavy lift, uh, just because they're terrible at football. Right. Um, basketball's great, but they'd be ripping up. This is a decision for them. They'd be making more money, but they'd be ripping up. You know, their their ancestral ties to the Northeast, to the Big East, to the recruiting. I had one source even tell me that Danny Hurley may look elsewhere if that happens. Right. Because it's just going to be harder. Um, uh, consequently. Or, uh, but your mark's trying to convince his president that so, you know it makes it makes sense to have this. He wants to strengthen basketball, which is already good. Yes, great. He he thinks basketball in general in the country is undervalued in terms of media rights, and he wants to one day split up the sports, have uh, separate media rights for basketball and football. If you get UConn and and Gonzaga for that matter. Um, you looking pretty good, but again, nothing could happen in that space until seven years down the line because they've already got a deal with Fox and ESPN, right. so it's not like it's going to happen tomorrow, it would be in seven years.
3: Do you agree with his sentiment about basketball being undervalued, curiously?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I've talked to people about that. I, I don't profess to be smart enough to answer that on my own. Right. I've had other people push back at that, that, that price these things. And their, their reaction, some of them, is like, yeah, I don't know. But this is a guy who, I don't have to tell you how aggressive he is, he just yes. you know established Big 12 Mexico. I never thought I'd see those three things in the same <laughs> sentence. Right. For a bowl game, for one-off basketball games. And so he's, in many ways, he's seeing things that other people aren't seeing. Mm-hmm. So I would never disparage his vision, but right now, um, there are people in the industry who would push back, you know, they, they would, they would disagree, but look, streaming hasn't hit yet. Mm-hmm. And when it does, it's going to hit in a big way. And maybe that's where, um, maybe that's where all that interest comes from. They're going to have to have programming, uh, the streamers. And if they, you know, go to live sports, which eventually they will, um, big time in live sports, I'm talking about, and we all know how much content there is in college basketball right. every day, all times. Yeah. Yeah, but doesn't
3: that, I mean, when it comes to like full full streaming, I feel like we've almost learned to a certain extent the, the cable packages and everything else, it's it's way more yeah. important. Like the Big Ten and the deal they did with, you know, all, all the various different networks sort of shows where, where their thought process is, and they made a whole lot of money in, in making that deal before, uh, before uh, Kevin Warren was out of that seat.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll try to simplify this in terms of the basketball, um, or in terms of all this. Uh, in the future, um, I think we've seen by the loss of subs- subscribers that the bundle doesn't work, isn't going to work. You know, mm. grandma, grandma's forced to buy ESPN when all she wants to watch is HCTV So in the future, right. and I'm simplifying, yep. in the future, we'll all have to buy streaming to get our sports. We'll have to buy probably multiple streamers. And we're seeing it now. Like if you want Netflix or you want Paramount or you want Apple plus, obviously you're just starting seeing the, the, the very beginnings of it. You're going to get it and you're going to have to pay for it. And if anybody thinks it's going to be cheaper in the streaming age, it's probably going to be more expensive than you pay now for cable. Nobody's yep. saying those words out loud, but that's what I hear mm-hmm. that because the streamers have leverage there to the distributors. And if you don't pay, if you don't want to pay, you don't get it. Yep. So I, I think that's why, for example, Brett Yormark your thinks that basketball is going to take off because all sports are going to be there. Called all sports of substance. Mm-hmm. Now,
3: talking with Dennis Dodd at Dennis Dodd CBS. Last thing on realignment with the uh, ACC. What 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 went on there for about a week? They were trying to find ways out uh, there in twenty thirty six yeah. for a grant of rights, and that just that doesn't seem all that realistic.
1: Well, they just redistributed a, a finite amount of money so that schools would get into the playoff or win the league, get more. And by the way, that's going to cause a problem mm-hmm. because it did in the Pac-12. Um, because, because they did it that way and then went back, that's a big reason the U.S. the Big Ten right now, UCLA to a lesser extent, mm-hmm. uh, because long-term, people are going to get jealous of that. Think about this in the, in the ACC. Okay, Wake Forest is number one season in baseball. Did they make it to Super Regionals, by the way? I didn't check. I, I, did, I didn't check either. Anyway, we'll we'll anyway. have to check it out. Anyway, Wake Forest, number one seed in baseball, I think. Uh, I think they've been to a bowl ten of the last thirteen years. They sustained college athletics on a high level at a much smaller budget than Clemson or Florida State or even Miami. Mm -hmm. So, what's going to happen? That they've agreed to this. Wake's going to get a smaller share. Yeah. um, For doing all that, unless they win the league. and, and go to the playoff. So they might win the league once every 15 years, something like that, 10 years. Mm-hmm. So how do you think that's going to sit? And, but in answer to your question, they had no leverage to do anything anywhere, and they won't for a while. I wrote a story basically saying how those ACC teams are locked in. About 10 years ago, they, the ACC was talking to the Big 12 about a non-conference uh, set of games. Mm-hmm. And as a courtesy, as a courtesy, Bob Bolsby gave the ACC their grants of rights, uh, paperwork, and they adopted it word for word. The big 12 is incorporated in, um, Delaware where 65% of the, the, uh, fortune 500 companies are copy are uh, incorporated, excuse me, for good reason. It makes it harder for, or it even makes it easier for them to sue state actors. It just, it's better legally, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Big 12, their legal department found precedent in a 115-year-old Supreme Court case Man. that had to do with the Minnesota Attorney General, railroad <laughs> raising prices, and that benefited them. And it basically didn't uh, allow Texas um, to leave the league and have, and have a court battle in Texas. So that helped them. So that locked in, and you've seen the word, the ACC ironclad. You've seen it time after right. time. And of it course. is ironclad from what I can tell, unless there's, you know, the lawyers are working on it and the ACC school, 13 more years. Yeah. So they're locked <laughs> in. I don't, I don't know what <laughs> yeah, Right.
3: Say. And it, it looked like about a week worth of discussion there, and probably they were going on yeah. for a month or two. And then the yeah. ACC – stopped all those meetings with lawyers because again ironclad i think's a fair word for it talking with dennis dodd at dennis dodd cbs national college football writer for cbs sports um when it comes to nil framework and where we're headed here in the future uh I, i have talked about it i talked about it last week with nick saban um for sec media or not sec media days but spring meetings um he talked about employer employee relationship how close are we
1: How close? That's a great question. I think that's open-ended, but I think that's where we're heading. Mm -hmm. Um, However you want to define a collective bargaining, revenue sharing, employee model. Um, And I just keep going back to the fact that we've seen a hint of this since uh, July 1st, 2021, when NIL started. What's Mm -hmm. changed? What's changed? Uh, Games are selling out. College football increased attendance by five percent last year. First time in nine years, attendance has gone up. Um, if anything, there's been more parity. And I told this yep. to Nick Saban at the SEC meetings. In the last two years, have we forgotten that TCU, San Diego State, and Cincinnati played for championships? Yep. So I'm 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 missing the meeting where everybody gets richer. Um, yeah. Now a small sample size, but I guess my point is everything else. Uh, in terms of college athletics has worked out uh, when, you, when you go to games on Saturday, Gabe, do you think about this stuff i don 't
3: no i don 't mm-hmm. not I, even remotely I, I, when I, when, I, games, uh, when games get played, yeah. we have a
1: way of forgetting about no, all of it, it. But my point is my point is the fans aren 't sitting up in there in the stands going, "Well, this quarterback got a million, and Bryce Young got two million. How can we possibly compete No, no, <laughs> you know you know what that model is that 's the NFL yep uh, Patrick Holmes makes more than uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill, for instance. Uh, so, it, it's that we're seeing the model in real time at its very beginning, and I don't think it's going to be a problem, frankly.
3: Yeah, but I, I also made this point on Nick Saban's front. Alabama can afford to sort of pay salaries for 105, uh, not scholarship, 85 scholarship athletes, 105 on the roster. The UL well, Monroe's the, of the world, the group of five, there's no chance they could afford that.
1: Well, that goes to my point. What's yep. changed in the NIL era? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, UL Monroe is still bad And Alabama is still good <laughs> yep. there, were, there, was, there was never any initiative Before NIL To make Louisiana Monroe good Yes, That's the way everybody wanted it That's the way the Power Five wants it They want to dominate Yes, And it, they are dominating So really all, the, all we're talking about now Is you know Nick and uh, Jimbo um, Yelling at each other About how they got their players Yeah well, we're just seeing the sausage made now. This is the way it always was yeah, recruiting.
3: Yep. No question about it. And I, I, I just also, on Nick Saban's comments, did anyone ever, like, yeah, I, I think there were some people that were calling for NIL to create more parity, but did anyone actually believe that to be the full case? And I, we've seen more, but still, it's the same, it's the same result. It's Georgia, Bama, uh, Ohio State all there at the top.
1: This goes to the answer of, when people ask me how I think it's going to be, going to end left to its own devices, let's say no Congress, no nothing. Right. Left to its own devices. Uh, the market will decide
0: mm-hmm. there'll
1: be, you know, these, uh, these collectives will say, you know what, we lost money on that guy. We didn't win a championship. We didn't win the conference I and mean, we paid him millions of dollars. Do we want to do that again? And just like everything else, supply will equal demand. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm not saying it'll be perfect, but I think it'll work itself out if, if left to its own devices, and then you go to the point I just made. On Saturday, nobody cares. Yep. We just want they just want Memphis to win. Yep. Um, Memphis is still going to have a hard time beating Alabama or Ole Miss, <laughs> for that matter. And some years I shouldn't use that example. Yeah. Uh, if if that in place or not. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I here's the, here's the guard. I'm player, with you. Dude. The guardrails are in place. They talk about guardrails? Yep. Here's the guardrails. You can only take 25 of them at a time. <laughs> uh, that, that's, that, uh, that's all the recruits you can take. Now, there's a two-year experiment. You can re- sign as many as you want as long as you stay below 85. But in, in normal times, you can only sign 25. Nick is not going to yeah. take the 10 best quarterbacks because he can afford to. it would ruin his roster.
3: Yep. And so there's I'll, your guardrails. I'll also, also a secret on the 25 per class. They've always found ways around that too, blue shirts and everything else.
1: Oh, they oversign, yeah, I know. Yeah, for mm. sure. Yeah,
3: yep. I was de- I was one of those blue shirt guys at the University of Memphis, so I know it. I know it all there too you. well. Didn't pay that for, or had to pay that first summer, and then finally got on scholarship. <laughs> but Dennis, man, appreciate you carving out some time. Have fun on vacation. Have fun in Europe. Uh, hopefully, we can catch you up again soon. All right, Gabe. Thanks. Yes, sir. That is Dennis Dodd at Dennis Dodd CBS. Um, on Twitter, national college football writer for CBS Sports, Connor. We just learned something though. Throughout that uh, throughout that interview, Dennis has done some searching, and he says the Big 12 officials and Brett Yormark making their way to Memphis is a false story. Did not happen. That's wild. That's nuts. That's nuts. I mean, that, that blows me away. I whipped my head around so fast, it felt like I was going to break my neck. Now I think to a certain well, I mean, I to a certain extent, it starts it starts to make a whole lot more sense that Mayor Strickland did not know of it at all. Correct. That's wild. I mean, to have that type of reporting, to get the hopes up and Dennis went and searched all of his industry sources, tried to get answers, and he's been told it did not happen, he won't be writing about it. <sighs> It's wild. It's wild stuff. On that note, let's go ahead and get to the Blitz. Let's grab a break right here. 92.9 FM ESPN.
0: Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. you to the chronicles of a bionicle, Time to transition
3: away from a meeting that may or may not have happened, and it's time to talk about when disaster strikes for you. When disaster strikes, make sure you call Service Master by Cornerstone. They're the largest franchise in a 600-mile radius, but don't just call them because they're the largest. Call them because they've been awarded Service Master's Franchise of the Year Award, meaning they're the number one Service Master store franchise in the good old U.S. of A. Again, Say it every day. I hope none of these things happen to you. I hope you don't have water damage from a busted water heater or overflow toilet. I hope that a storm doesn't knock out part of your roof. I hope none of these things, mold, fire, Smoke damage. I hope none of these things happen, but they do happen. And if they do happen, call Service Master by Cornerstone. They respond, and they do a great job. No matter the place or size, they're here to help with the damage. Tyler, the president and owner of Service Master by Cornerstone, and his team are here to help you at moments like this. Their motto is, we don't pray for disaster. We just pray we get called when there is one. So remember the name, locally owned, locally operated. Service Master by Cornerstone. and what they do is respond so the number is very simple keep that word in your brain 901 respond 901 r e s p o n d 901 respond for service master by cornerstone now they are the sponsor of these wonderful studios we're in right now and in these wonderful studios it's time for the blitz
0: now, the biggest stories overloading the line. A bull rush of info. It's Gabe's Blitz on the Gabe Kuhn Show on 929 FM ESPN, Memphis's sports station.
4: All right, Gabe, today Colin Montgomery, an OU offensive lineman and Maurice Hampton Jr., MUS grad, former LSU DB and two sport athlete, also plays baseball, has committed. To the University of Memphis.
3: Well, how about that? This is this is good news. These are guys with with some level of experience. They were four star recruits, both of them, out of high school. Um, I'll start start with Colin Montgomery. Colin Montgomery didn't play a whole lot um, when he was at Oklahoma. But one thing I'm noticing about the staff, Ryan Silverfield, and the rest of that staff, and what they're trying to do, they're trying to go find experienced guys up front that they can trust, and they're trying to build depth. Along the offensive linemen, uh, line. And, and you want that to happen. Because the run game has been so putrid. And a lot of that has to do with just how they have ran, run it. But also. It has to do with some injuries here and there. That they've had to deal with. You have to have depth there. And Cole Montgomery adds that. You you added Marcus Henderson this offseason. You added Chris Morris. Former A&M guy. They have done a good job of trying to uh, get some depth pieces. And get some guys with experience. Uh, bigger name guys. In that room. Now. On the Maurice Hampton Jr. front, Mus grad, former LSU DB, two sport athlete, he, he really denied, from what I understand, 1.8 million dollars out of high school because he could have gone pro in uh, in baseball. There were some talks about him potentially uh, getting that signing bonus at the end of the first round. So um, he denied that, went to LSU, and did pretty well for a moment, right? Like he he played on that um, that national championship team in 2019, and started a game when Grant Delpit was hurt. And Grant Delpit's off in the NFL doing his thing. So he has some, he has some juice to play some DB, uh, safety, corner, whatever it may be, nickel. Um, but, you know, I, I really like his game. He appeared in 12 games at LSU, and now he went to Samford last year. It's been strictly baseball. But you have one more year worth of, uh, worth of eligibility left? Take it back home. Come play some DB. Let's see what happens. And when you look at that DB room, it's strong, Connor. It's very strong. You bring in Jalen Johnson from Ohio State. Malik Feaster, who was great at Jacksonville State, spent a year at Florida State. You bring in Simeon Blair, who started a bunch of games at Arkansas, was a former walk-on, um, but he was uh, he had 73 tackles last year at Arkansas, was a team captain. This secondary is looking damn good. It's looking big. It's looking strong. There's There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things to like about that secondary and it's probably the best secondary we've seen in I mean, since twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen at the University of Memphis when it was Bakari Oye and Fritz Etienne and Bobby McCain, of course, is the big name there. But this secondary has some uh has some real juice and I like what they have going into next year. Yeah, this is exciting because one, you
4: always like to see a really talented athlete come back home and play in in Memphis, but I think you know, the last few seasons it has felt like the O-line and the, and the secondary has gotten most of the criticism from fans and from everybody watching the team. So it really does seem like that they are trying to shore up those positions right now. So this is a positive thing. Good news.
3: Yeah, it is. No question.
4: Yeah! Sticking with Tigers football, AAC football win totals, according to FanDuel, have been released. Tulane leads the way with 9.5, and, and the Tigers are at number 2 with 8.5.
3: Um... To Lane leading the way at nine and a half makes makes sense Michael Pratt's great um defense they're solid same coach so I I, I I agree with that but Tigers are number two with eight and a half let's uh, let's talk through the schedule here Connor this is a perfect time to talk through the Tigers schedule um they start with Bethune Cookman well, we're gonna count that as win right I, I think, think that's fair. Way. I think so that's one and oh Number two, you're at Arkansas State. Arkansas State keeps bringing in an influx of transfers, trying to get some experience. Guys, I'm going to go 2-0, and though, Agreed. at Arkansas State. Number three is Navy. Navy has struggled. They have a new coach, though. It can always be tough. They're going to run the same similar stuff. It was just their D.C. Being, uh, moving over to be, to be the head coach. I'll go with a win. I'll start 3-0. and Now, Mizzou, I'll take that as a loss. In St. Louis, I'll, I'll go 3-1 and there. Boise State. I think it's a a flip game. Let's go, just for the sake of this conversation, 3-2. and Then you have Tulane. That's a tough stretch of schedule. I'll go 3-3. and Then UAB, North Texas, USF, Charlotte. I will go four in a row. I'll I'll call four wins in a row, all those different places. Then you have SMU and Temple. How many wins are we at at that point? Right now we're at seven. I'll give Temple a win at the end of the year. Now SMU is the swing game, right, to get you over that 8.5. Now that 8.5 is juiced. If you've been paying attention on FanDuel, it's plus 112. Some other places have it at eight, and they've evened out the money there. I really think if it's eight and a half, eight is the number I'm looking at this year. Eight is the baseline, though, as well. They need to win eight games for Ryan Silverfield and this this program to feel good about themselves going into the new AAC, uh, potentially lift their the, the thought process around the country, Power Fives looking in, um, you want to lift the thought process about what your football program is. And eight would be the baseline. I guess if they steal one uh, from Mizzou, Boise State, to Lane, which I don't fully expect, they could get to nine. SMU could certainly be number nine. But I, I, I like the number eight. Eight and a half makes me nervous. I don't know if I'm ready to play an over on that. I think that eight is a good season for the Memphis Tigers, too. like Winning eight games, and if you're four losses. Let me ask this, though. In the new AAC, what does eight mean to the fan base? How how do people feel about eight? Obviously, no firings, no hot seat for really in the grand scheme of things if you get to eight, but does does that feel like seven and five if UCF and Cincinnati and Houston are in the conference or six and six when UCF, Cincinnati, Houston are in the conference? What does eight wins mean in the new AAC?
4: I think if your four losses are SMU, Tulane, Boise, and Mizzou, that's a good season. If those are your four losses and you get eight wins, I'm okay with that.
3: But – Ultimately, getting over top of those programs is what you want and where sure. this program has been. Sure, but based off of last season, do we really expect them to make yeah, that right. big of a jump? No, I'm not. I'm not.
4: That's I'm not. It would be a trend in the right direction, is what I'm saying. Yeah, like if you win okay. eight games this year, it would show me, okay, this program's going in the right direction now. At least yeah, it's going and in the right direction. obviously,
3: you have to tell me how they lose. Right. You know, right. and how competitive were they? So that that saying, comes if, into question, but eight took, wins is the baseline, and if you I think took eight wins, wins to most of the fans. Do you
4: think that they would say like blindly? And you said you're going to get eight and four, but we're not going to tell you which teams you beat, what teams you lose to. Do you think they would take it because that's a bowl? It's a guaranteed bowl game. I think absolutely. Eight wins, it's a fun
3: season. I, I think people would be would be uh, a little bit. They'd have some joy about it after two six and six seasons. In exactly. A row. Exactly. But again, I think a lot of the fans are understanding of the new AAC and the Charlottes of the world and the U.S. and North Texas and the the teams that are joining. Like they're not, they're not impressed by those wins necessarily. So eight and four is the baseline. I think they should get to eight wins, but we'll see how many people with eight wins. Like, I guess this, this is a question, Connor, eight wins. How many people that have turned away from Ryan Silverfield get back on board? Uh, Not that many in my opinion. I disagree
4: with that, actually. Okay. I actually disagree with that, because I do, I, I do think he's a bit on a seat right now. I think if they win six games again, it's going to be tough. Yeah. It'll, it'll be tough. But if you win eight, it shows progress. Yeah. It shows progress. Okay. And that's why I do think that people would say, okay, we'll give him an, at least another
3: year. Let's yeah. See, let's see what, see what happens. It feels like this conversation, though, eight and four versus six and six in the old AAC, like, I feel like there'd be a split there, a, a 50-50 split. If eight and four in the new AAC is the baseline, I wonder how people feel about it, but... Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah! Standing in football, but jumping to
4: the NFL, the Panthers have elevated rookie Bryce Young to the number one quarterback spot A move coach Frank Reich said Thursday is the next step in the top pick of this year's draft becoming the week
3: one starter. Well, duh. duh. I mean, what, what are we doing? Why are we, why are we acting like this was really up for, up for question? He is the number one pick for a reason. And we look at Frank Reich and his track record with quarterbacks. And I know at the end with the Colts, with all those retread old quarterbacks, it got bad. But um, he got the most out of Carson Wentz. Did okay with Philip Rivers, a shell of Philip Rivers. Did great with Andrew Luck when he had him. This was always going to be the case. Now, um, unless you thought Andy Dalton was going to start Week One for some reason, I, I don't. I don't really get that. But I think Bryce Young's going to be fine in this offense. They added Miles Sanders. They have Adam Thielen. Um Terrace Marshall jr. they've been expecting to him uh, for him to come along for a while. DJ Chark is another wide receiver he has that has had a thousand yard receiving year in his career. and that old line's getting better. Um, I think this Panthers team, I don't think they're going to be unbelievable. I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think they'll surprise in year one. and I think Bryce young statistically may have a pretty subst- he'll have he'll have a good stat line. I think he'll have a good year statistically. So you're not worried about his size. No, I, I'm not. When people bring up his size and they bring up his injuries or potential for injuries, I saw him get hurt once in college. He got tripped up, tripped up by an Arkansas player and fell on his shoulder. It was just a freak thing. This is not Tua Tagovailoa breaking his hip in college from being small. This is not Tua Tagovailoa hitting his head on the turf and being small and being brittle this is a guy who did not deal with a whole lot of injury issues at Bama, but for one, for a couple of weeks, when he got tripped up and fell randomly on his shoulder, I, I just I I don't fully understand it either because he's not some runner. He's not going to put himself in harm's way all the time. He right. does all of his work from the pocket. Like there's no I don't have massive stress for Bryce Young and his and his injuries. Um, the stress should be that he's with the Panthers right now and they have to get that roster better <laughs> before he starts winning games and being a, being a uh, contributing member to society in the NFL before he starts. Like, I get nervous with quarterbacks that get put in bad situations. Agreed. Even it, it doesn't matter their talent. right? I just get nervous when they're dropped into these uh, new coach, new situation altogether. It's just tough. It's tough for those guys. He was picked number one overall for a reason. Usually, those teams when they and I know the Panthers traded up, but usually those teams in that one to ten spot aren't good. So that's, that makes me more nervous than any injury issue. I think that's
4: fair. I'm really excited to watch Bryce Young. I think he's going to be successful.
3: Yeah, I, I really do. I really do. He was unbelievable. Now it's the Rewind. Now
0: we play it like Rewind. Brought to you by Memphis Barbecue Company. Rewind on 92.9. So we have Source Wars. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. Had Dennis Dodd
3: on the show from CBS Sports, National College football writer for them. Does a really good job at covering realignment, but he says, and I want to make it clear, he says the Big 12 officials and Brent Yarmark did not make it to Memphis. They're sourcing on both sides, though. I've talked to many folks, and to be honest, I don't quite know. I don't. I don't know the full truth of it. I know y'all want me to know. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. So we'll just we'll, we'll figure it out the same way. Hopefully on Monday I have some uh, have something concrete. But we'll see. We'll see. In other news, NBA Finals Game Four is on the way. Nuggets can take a commanding lead, and to be completely honest, I'm betting on that happening. Game three was eye-opening. The Heat were trying, efforting hard and trying to bother the Nuggets. And still, what that led to was Jamal Murray and Jokic becoming the first pair of teammates to have triple-doubles in the same game. I think the Nuggets have figured something out. I think they're bigger, they're stronger, they're more talented. They've played, to be honest, uh, more consistently than anybody else throughout the playoffs. I think the Nuggets can take that lead. But we'll uh, we'll see what
0: Connor has to say about the big game tonight. What's the biggest game tonight? Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm with you, Gabe. Tonight,
4: Nuggets at Heat. Game four, 7.30 tip. Right now, Denver's a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I think that Denver is going to go up three-one tonight. I hope that we're right because it would complete a perfect week for us here. Yeah, a big it would. game tonight. Oh my god! And you've had two NHL picks. I mean, I'm just on
3: a heater right now, baby. But you're I'm a, on a heater. you're a big NHL fan. I need to go to Vegas. Yeah, speaking. But well, did you bet on it last night? Did no, you actually. Bet, oh, no. <laughs> 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 nice. Oh, so you watched the machine though? How was the I machine? did I did I watched the machine? Bert Kreischer, Bert Kreischer great comedian. Um,
4: context i'm a big fan of birds so <laughs> yes. i i enjoyed the movie i had fun with it i do think that you need to be kind of you know lean being his fan if you walk into it blind it may not be the movie for you i think it had a lot of fun moments there's stretches of it that aren't a hundred percent great but i'm glad i saw it it felt like you're supporting stand-up comedy when you go see it it's, it's gonna clean up on streaming it's one of those where right it's gonna murder on streaming i described it as
3: the perfect 1 a.m comedy central movie okay what, uh, what's another good 1 a.m. Comedy Central movie I'm trying to think like the of? Like Dirty Work. The Heat. The Heat? The Heat. With the, was that Melissa McCarthy? No, it's The Heat's much better. <laughs> <laughs> That's, no, don't, don't put that. No, like Dirty Work. Like, like okay. movies like that. Okay, gotcha. Fast forward. Fast forward. We could have a closeout opportunity for the Nuggets by Monday. We have the Belmont being run tomorrow. Even though there was a lot of questions about what was going to happen. Um, with Belmont Park being closed down due to uh, the Canadian wildfires for a second. They've opened it back up. Forte, 5'2 uh, favorite for tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Uh, and I would imagine between now and Monday, there'll be plenty more that makes news. But that's a wrap for today and the week. Thank you to Dennis Dodd, who broke the show today, and also Jeff Calkins. Uh, for their contributions to the show, uh, we'll meet back here at the same time on Monday. Before Connor, I'm Gay. Be easy, be safe, and enjoy your weekend.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.